If you're listening to this episode, I bet you're wondering what behaviors you're doing that keep you from getting your needs met and ending up in situationship after situationship. I got you. I've created a situationship quiz and I'm so excited about it. Take the quiz to discover more behaviors and more tips for navigating situationships because I know you're in more than one right now. No judgment, boo-boo. I used to have five situationships at a time. Yes. So you're not alone. You can find the quiz at www.dontea.co forward slash quiz. That's D-O-N-T-E-A dot C-O forward slash quiz. I'll drop it in the show notes as well. Okay, back to the episode. Hi loves, I'm Dantea Mitchell-Hunter, your new fave self-work therapist, and this is Detox Therapy. Quick note, even though I'm a fully licensed therapist, this show is not a replacement for therapy. If you find yourself needing a therapist, definitely search for one in your area. Now, if you want to work with me though, and you live in Washington, Georgia, or DC, then please go to my website, soireesintherapy.com and book your free 15-minute consultation. Hi loves, welcome back. Now, in our last episode, we talked about how to get out of the intriguing and alluring entanglements of emotionally unavailable men, right? And today we are going to be talking about something similar yet different in a more general way. Get ready because I know a lot of us are going to be relating all up and through this one. So here it is. Today's listener letter. Why do I keep attracting unavailable men? An example, married in a committed long-term relationship. Is there a bitch number two written across my forehead? You know, the men who say they are with their separated wife one day and not the next. Okay, so quick answer in two parts. Part one, you keep allowing them to enter and return. Part two, so just like the last episode, the quick answer, um is you keep attracting unavailable men because you keep seeking them out. Maybe not directly. Like, I'm not saying you wake up every day and say, ah, today is going to be a good day for meeting another unavailable man. It's not that. It's it's more like an energy thing, like a, like a subtle messaging that you are telling yourself and, um, and unhealed childhood wounds that are being repeated, honestly. So... Let's look at this in a deeper way. Time to get deep. (laughs) I wonder if there are parts within you that want to continue to play out that narrative that you're not good enough. And to prove that you, uh, you find yourself in situations where that is confirmed because they already have a number one person. Does that make sense? So as much as we... Maybe, you know, don't want to be the, as a listener said, bitch number two. We 
subconsciously, maybe little consciously, we, it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. So let me, let me continue to prove that by dating someone that's not going to make me, that's not going to be available to me. Right. So like all of the questions I receive, I love this question. It's such a common thing. A lot of us experience hell. It's a common thing to experience when you, when you're the one seeking out a, again, a bitch number two. <laughs> now, if you're in a polyamorous relationship, then of course that is different. And I would love to talk about that one day on the show. Right now, we are just focusing on monogamous relationships and what to do about constantly finding yourself in a relationship with a man who was already committed elsewhere and may just not be with another person, maybe even your number two to their work. Either way, don't you fret my lovely listener because I'm here to help and because of course, I've been there. So breaking this down, an unavailable person is someone who very much like the listener said, is already in a committed relationship and is seeking you out to be the one on the side, meaning your needs and wants will oftentimes not even come second, will come maybe fourth and four or fifth. It's a situation where you may oftentimes find yourself getting hit up last minute to connect, getting text messages and calls at sex o'clock. And it's often a one-way street because you're at the mercy of them. You're at the mercy of their schedule. You're at the mercy of their availability and and all, all of that. Oh, and by the way, I am not talking about those of us who only want to be a mistress and desire that life. This is for those of us who want to be number one. Also, these dynamics are not just sexually filled, right? Like they can also be the friend zone. Like this person is in a relationship and maybe you two share chemistry and even you would love to be in a relationship with them. However, anytime they are single, they don't pursue you. They pursue someone else and still treat you like number two. You're still getting their time, energy, and maybe even hangouts. However, you are not given the title or even full on romantic interest that you are desiring from them. Does that make sense? So what do I mean when I say you allow them to return and also are subliminally seeking them out? Well, the psychology behind all of this is that when we are used to a certain pattern, dynamic, relationship, we seek it out, whether we want to or not. And if we find ourselves in a relationship that is unlike what we are used to, we try to look for how it could be like what we are used to, right? So if it's a relationship that um, is unlike the, the others we've experienced before, we'll still look for those oftentimes unhealthy behaviors or patterns to, to emerge, right? So if we're used to people, maybe our parents or other family members putting us last, dismissing our needs, not respecting our boundaries, we will assume the rest of the world is going to be like that too. So when a guy who is married comes along and says, hey, you and me, let's be a we, yet your needs come third or fourth to mine, 
your game because it's not an unfamiliar relationship, right? You're used to this. So hell yes, I'll sign up for it. And here we go, continuing what we are used to, even though we want a healthier version of this, even though we want our needs to matter just as much as theirs. So we take it. Even though you will find yourself sad, depressed, anxious, and resentful and say to yourself, okay, I'm shutting this down. No more. Either leave your other relationship or we are through. Or call me when you're single. Boom. The boundary is set. And then what happens? They come back around. You are human and you want connection. And those lonely nights are just too hard. Okay. So you can come back, you say. As long as you treat me differently this time. Right? And the cycle continues just like that. So let me share with you what I've done in the past. So there was this guy and boy, oh boy, did we have one hell of a roller coaster relationship. Roller coaster of love. Roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so our first meeting was, was, was rocky in itself. Like even like the first interaction was rocky. <laughs> so we met, he gave me the eye and I gave him the, can I help you? eye, right? Because of course no one could really be interested in me. And if he was, he's not going to stay. And at some point I'm not going to be good enough. So let me just push, push his buttons from the jump. Whew. Can someone say insecurities, childhood trauma, all of that? This is what I mean by unhealed childhood wounds and traumas. So anyways, because of my childhood dynamics, it made total sense to feel this way and engage with him in this way. Now, as time went on, I learned that he was involved in other relationships and one of them was with someone who was married. So he was like poly-ish and I was not. Anywho, I thought to myself, well, it's nice to be in communication with someone in a romantic way, even if this is not the ideal version of what I'm looking for right now. Um, so I just won't get attached and we'll just keep this thing casual. <laughs> now, how many times have we said that to ourselves, right? Like, okay, I'll just keep it superficial or it doesn't mean anything or I'll just, you know, call him when I need him kind of thing, right? It's just going to stay, it's just going to stay that. It's just not going to go any deeper than that. I'm not going to expect anything else. Like, tell me that, right? So we basically, you know, we basically start hanging out and then our hangouts start to become more frequent. And with more frequency, there's more opportunities for engagements. And so we are now cooking for each other because of course you need to energize before sexy time. And that's just what you do. Someone comes over, you, you want to feed them and you're hanging out for hours and you spend the night and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, we're doing that and we're talking about life goals and just, just all, all of those things that happen when you spend hours with someone frequently, then reality would set in. When he would tell me, oh, I'm having a barbecue this weekend. Pause for the no invite for Dantea. 
I did not get invited to this barbecue, okay? And he had a few of them, and I never got an invite. So there would be times where he'd tell me his plans to see the married person the very next day. And it was just like an awful feeling, right? Like you lift it up, you have the dinner, you talk about life goals, whatever, personal life goals. And then boom, you're not invited to the barbecue or I'm going to see this other person tomorrow or next week or whatever. So however you like in these moments, like I did, and I know a lot of you can relate to this. You feel like you can't complain because you agreed to this dynamic in the first place. Like you knew it was up from job and you still agreed to it. So you feel trapped. Like you can't say anything. Well, I am here to tell you that you can always, and I mean always, change your mind. What used to work before may no longer work tomorrow, three months from now, two years from now, right, boo-boo? You can change your mind. Your wants and needs are allowed to be fluid. They can change. So after many conversations with myself and him at times, I realized this is something I no longer wanted. Things change. I didn't want to share, and I damn sure didn't want to have intimate moments and not be invited to the damn barbecue. Like, what? So I told him that this is something that I can no longer do. So what happens? We try to still see if there is a way around it. There's not. I think we saw each other a couple of times after that, and then uh, hurt feelings came up again on both ends. Um, I had to make the decision to put my needs first, and if and if I really wanted a healthy relationship, like where where I wasn't sharing with anyone, then I had to leave this one. Was it hard? Yes. Did I have desires to reach out and play pretend again? Yes. Is this where the real work comes in? Yes. So in these moments, this is like, seriously, the real work is here now. We have to, we we set the boundary. Now we must uphold it. Hold it up. Keep it up, ladies. I know it's tough. And keep it up. We set boundaries for a reason. Oh, boundaries. We're always talking about boundaries, huh? Hmm. Okay, so let's let's wrap this up. Let's do a quick recap on how to stop attracting unavailable men. Number one, know your worth. Know that if you truly do not want to be engaged with a man that is already committed to someone or something else, then know that you can disengage. It's okay if you're It's okay if you're already in one right now, right? And just want to make it through the holidays. I get it. I see you. I know. Just keep this in mind. If we hold on for holiday's sake, will that emptiness go away even when he's with you? Does that make sense? Two, challenge yourself to really process through the desire you have to engage to want to continue to engage with men who are unavailable to you. Really, really think about that. Really like go deep in there and, and try to understand that desire you have. What, what are the pros to it for you? What are the cons around it? You know, number three, no surprise, find a therapist, find a therapist, find a therapist. Doing life on your own sucks. 
Let someone see you and be there for you to help you heal. That's what I had to do. Just like you heard from that story, I had wounds popping up everywhere. So therapy truly helped me heal and work through all of that stuff. You know, I had to, I had to work through that. And number four, when you set the boundary, stick with it, boo. They offer dinner, keep up the boundary. They offer your fave sex position all weekend long, hold up the boundary. If you want to feel spoiled and loved, uh, provide it to yourself. Call your trusted and adoring friends and have a luxury experience where your needs are front and center. Got all of that? You're going to do great. Until next time, loves. Thank you, loves, for listening to this week's episode. If you're enjoying the show, it'd be really great if you could please rate and review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Soirees and Therapy. To learn more about the services I offer, visit soireesandtherapy.com. If you've got a question you'd like me to answer, please send your question to dantea at soireesandtherapy.com. The answer might just become an episode. <laughs>